Good morning. Welcome back. First Word Podcast. Here as always, your boy, First Letter. Um, I've been gone for about a week and a half. I've uh, been dealing with some uh, personal things. But now I'm back. Episode 9. And today's episode is going to be a bit different from what I normally do. I know usually the episodes have been a little more leaning towards the humorous and satirical side but today's episode is going to be on a more serious note that's why it's entitled leverage so let's just get into it takashi 69 and this guy is somebody that's been covered well his shenanigans and his antics have been covered on this show i would say for the past three episodes now For those of you who haven't been keeping up with what's been going on with this guy, it's been reported that the other day, 6ix9ine was kidnapped and robbed at gunpoint by some unknown assailants while he was wrapping up a video shoot here in Brooklyn. Um, I can't lie to you guys. When I first heard this story and it was brought to the light, my immediate thought in my reaction to this was that it was complete and utter bullshit because those of you who keep up with Takashi know that this is his his bag this is what he does he creates situations and he creates certain happenings to keep himself relevant and to keep his name in the news and I thought about this because the timing was a little odd he has a record out entitled Fifi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, with Nicki Minaj. And around the time of this alleged kidnapping and robbery, uh, that record was slated to be released, video and all. So I just found it to be a little funny in the timing. But anyway, aside from all of this, the news itself um, turned out to actually be true because what the NYPD was reporting is that He actually gave them two stories, so it's actually two versions. What the public got was what everyone knows to be true, uh, the kidnapping and the robbery at gunpoint. The NYPD put out a report stating something totally different. Now, according to them, 6ix9ine was totally uncooperative and he didn't want to participate in their investigation by telling them who these niggas was who did this to him because according to 6ix9ine he stated plain and simply it was an inside job now hearing this made me raise an eyebrow because it brought something to mind that I was thinking about for a long time even when Takashi first came on the scene in regards to the people that he keeps around him and his gang of misfits that he's always surrounded by this is something interesting by him telling everyone that it was an inside job i feel like this might be a case of an age-old phenomenon in hip-hop music which has been happening since the 90s the early 90s more prevalent in the mid 90s and it still goes on to this day where rappers of a certain status are being extorted by street guys and also having to 
pay their way, so to speak, or pay for their protection and protective services from street dudes. Now, when Takashi 69 came about, I knew right off the bat I could see through this whole gimmick, I could see through this whole image of what he was trying to portray and what he was trying to do. A kid coming out of Brooklyn with rainbow hair, first of all, all these red flags, all these gang signs that he's throwing up with his hands, all the gesturing, all the posturing, it seemed very gimmicky for him being an artist. Now, I can't speak to the people that he had around him because that's usually the case in these types of scenarios. And it's evident that Takashi isn't a street guy as he likes to have everyone believe that he is. Because clearly Takashi doesn't know the movements of the street and how the inner workings take place. Now, Shadi, being his manager or his handler, if you will, is the guy that you always usually see around 6ix9ine. The guy that's always screaming Treyway. Now, you have to understand something. Treyway is the gang that he's a part of. That's his brand that he's trying to establish. And that's the print that he's trying to take with him beyond just the hood out here in Brooklyn. Now, 6ix9ine clearly doesn't understand how relationships work in the street. Shadi is a street dude, okay? I can't take that away from him. The people that he's around and who he's who he has been around, excuse me, are some certified street guys. Now, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of time invested into 6ix9ine and his career early on, even up to this point. Now, Takashi is in a stage in his life where his contract is about to be up with Atlantic Records. And I know that Shadi has had the talk with 6ix9ine in regards to signing over to his label now exclusively, with that being Treyway. And this is just me speculating. I don't know the inner workings of this because I'm not close to 6ix9ine in that camp. All right. So this is just the way that I'm piecing this together with all the information that's coming out. I'm thinking that something happened. There was a sit down and Takashi was approached with a piece of paper and Shadi wanted him to sign it. And I think because they didn't get the response from 6ix9ine that they believed they would have got from him or he might have declined to sign an exclusivity deal with Treyway. I believe this whole kidnapping and robbery thing was used as an intimidation tactic to actually let 6ix9ine know the type of waters that he's actually swimming in and to kind of snap him out of this fog to where Takashi thinks that, you know, because he's been overseas, you know, uh, last couple weeks he was overseas. I believe he was in Germany. Um, he was in London or something like that. So Takashi is branching out pretty soon and he's going to be on that level like a B.O.B. He's going to be on that level like uh, like a, a Iggy Azalea, you know, and any of these type of pop crossover artists like a G Easy or something like that. And Shadi and these street dudes from out here in Brooklyn, they're not stupid. You really think that they're going to let Takashi go like that and have this kid outsmart them? 
These guys have been street hustlers for years. These guys have been making moves and doing things and making shit happen in the streets for years. You think they're going to let Takashi 69 swindle them out of multi-millions, especially when they were very, very um, instrumental in his his um his rise to stardom basically so i think i can blame this situation on takashi being naive and thinking that the people that he's around are really around him because they want to be there this is not how things work in the streets and i believe that he's learning hard lessons as he's progressing in his career and do i think it's a a messed up situation that these type of things happen yeah, it's always bad when somebody forcibly has their hands in your pocket and there's nothing you can do about it. Because think about it like this. What can Takashi do if he breaks away from Treyway and he breaks away from Shadi and all these goons out here? Takashi will never be able to come back to Brooklyn. He has to understand something. All of the credibility or the clout, if you will, that he's gained with everyone out here you know, and and I should say with those Treyway guys and everyone that's been supporting him, crowning him king of New York to the point where Takashi himself was even believing the shit and calling himself king of New York. You have to understand people will build you up and try to control and maintain your situation because it's going to benefit them as well. So I think this was just a intimidation tactic. And it, it's extortion because I kind of had a feeling, like I said, going back to what I stated originally, is that I believe Takashi was being extorted from day one, you know, because he came out being an unknown, um, just having all these goons around him. If you really do some background fact checking on 692, you can see that his record in terms of uh, jail stints is not that lengthy in comparison to the people that he's around. And that's something I don't believe he paid attention to. You know, it's easy to get caught up in friends and the the hype of everything when your ego is being inflated. But you have to understand something, 6 9 You are around a pack of wolves and you have to constantly feed them. You're not in a position right now in your career where you can branch away from them safely to where you can have armed security deal with them and the sad part about this is that these record labels who are the profiteers of all of this madness they sit back and they allow this stuff to happen all of the time and the money that they've invested in building up 6ix9ine's career they can put an effort forward to actually protect him but they won't do it because they don't give a shit they never did and even years back when hip hop started, you know, this culture wasn't looked upon as anything to celebrate. It wasn't looked upon as anything to be made profit from in terms of our people getting ahead. Excuse the noise, ladies and gentlemen. I had to move my setup to someplace different because it's impossible to record any episode of this show without there being some type of noise in New York City. The people here are just that inconsiderate. But um, if there's another thing that Takashi should think about and something that he should consider is paying attention to history and how 
the record labels and the music industry has always disregarded their artists and kind of neglected them in terms of their protection and their overall safety. He has to understand this. And with everything that's been going on within 2018 so far, even with the passing of XXX Tentacion, his friend, that he is worth more to these labels if he were dead and not breathing and functioning to record these albums, these singles, and these mixtapes. You know, it's sad that he's learning these lessons the hard way, but it's also a good thing that he's learning them while he's young, because what it's going to do from all of these experience that he's having is that it's going to harden his exterior and it's going to mold him into the person that he would become if he has longevity in his career. It's going to give him thicker skin. And what I would suggest for 6ix9ine to do at this particular point in his career with something like this kidnapping and this robbery that happened to him, I would start distancing myself from these Treyway guys and even going as far as to pony up a little bit of money and budget myself to whereas I can hire some armed security to follow me and accompany me throughout my day-to-day routine. Because if the labels aren't going to do it, I think it's his responsibility to take care of himself. You know, so again, this is unfortunate for 6ix9ine, but you know, you have to move more carefully out here, bro. You know, it's a very dangerous game that you are a part of and you are around a pack of wolves and they are hungry. And you have to consistently feed them. Okay? The record label isn't going to protect you. Your fans aren't going to protect you. We live in an era of clout chasing. And everybody wants to make a name for themselves. And everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame from doing something uh, foolish. And a lot of times it could be from doing you harm. So you have to protect yourself. Be your own biggest asset. Even if the label doesn't do it for you, you have to take the initiative and do it on your own and start branching away from these these Treyway guys and just focus more on being an artist because when it all comes down to it, that's what you are. Leave the street shit to the street guys, okay? So moving off of Takashi 69 I was going to get into the recent shenanigans all over social media between 50 Cent and Floyd Mayweather yet again. But there's a topic that has come to my attention by way of email. And this is much more important for me to share and briefly discuss with you guys. Last night in the Oakland, California area, a young teenage girl by the name of Nia Wilson was killed during a savage attack at random by a man named John Cowell, who is an alleged white supremacist. Now, she was accompanied by her sister when this attack took place, but her sister survived this ordeal. Um, I'm getting bits and pieces of this, you know, as the hours progress, because this is still a fresh story, and um, I don't have all of the details, what is actually transpiring, the police investigation, but... This isn't getting as much coverage as I believe it should. You know, it's a senseless act and it saddens me to have to report this yet again about more of our children dying. But this isn't getting that much coverage 
other than a few hashtags on social media platforms. Now, I really feel like this is something that I wanted to talk to you about briefly because it just goes to show you again how precious life is and that you can't take any moment out of your day or you can't take a moment in time to take anything or anyone for granted and you have to live the best life that you can. Um, I'm going to follow up with this story, you know, as further details get released by the police department out there. But I do want to send my thoughts and my prayers out to this young girl's family, her sister and her father, especially, you know, um, seeing the pain in, in his eyes and hearing it in his voice, you know, being interviewed by the news reporters uh, from a clip that I saw earlier. You know, it, it's it's sad, man. And um, I don't know what's going on in the world that we live in today. But you have to do your best to protect your loved ones and you have to do your best to protect yourself and be mindful of your surroundings at all times. All right. So thoughts and prayers go out to Nia Wilson and her family. Over this weekend, I had the pleasure of listening to a brand new album released by my favorite group of musicians. And I first took to their music in about 2014 or 2015 when they performed out here in New York, Brooklyn to be exact, at Afropunk Festival. And the group of musicians that I'm referring to are known as The Internet. And they released their new project entitled Hive Mind. And it's always a pleasure, you know, to indulge your your ears and your senses into their music because it's very soothing, very atmospheric, very jazzy, um, very well put together. You know, they don't half step on anything that they release. Even the, 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 the band's front runner and lead vocalist, Sid, she has an amazing voice and she's an amazing talent. And even with her solo projects that she put out, it doesn't stray away from that formula that they put together from the first record that I've ever heard from them, which is, I believe it's Purple Naked Ladies or something like that. But this new album, Hive Mind, is incredible. And I'm not going to shy away. I love this record. It's 13 tracks. And I was taken away by everything that they've done, which, again, is not a surprise to me because this is a group that I've grown to love and appreciate over time. So I'm not going to hold you up with more talking I'm just going to get into a record right now and um, throw this one your way to kind of give you a sample of what they have going on on this particular project. That record there is entitled Look What You Started, and this is one of my favorites off of Hive Mind so far. And I'm going to tell you why I like this record in particular. Now, the Internet has this way of utilizing heavy guitar riffs, really funk-driven bass um, bass lines within their records. And one thing that they do very well is that they utilize Sid's tone of voice and her vocal style, and they kind of use it as an instrument in itself. Not only is she carrying the notes, not only is she doing her part vocally, 
but she's also transferring her vocal talent and using it as a background instrument. And she does that so well. And if you have been keeping up with this group, you know that this is something that they've been doing for a long time. And I just love it, man, because they keep getting better and better as they progress within their career. So I'm going to get into another record that I like off of this uh, album, too. So uh, just sit tight. I'll be right back with you guys. And that record there is entitled Hold On. And another favorite of mine off of this album. And I just love how it's a record that's both atmospheric with its keyboard and its synths. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe the, the, the gentleman's name who's the keyboardist for this group, I believe his name is Matt Martians, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong, but don't crucify me over that. But I just love how they are able to blend so many textures and different elements and, and they just work extremely well. Like you have so much atmospheric keys and everything that's going on in the background, all the synths, and then it's blended in very well with the heavy bass-driven guitar. And then you have Sid's angelic voice. I love this record. And there's a buildup to, I believe, the second chorus where some live drums come in and it kind of gives you a feel of an old school Prince record. And this record is 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 well crafted, man. And it's beautiful, man. It's just such a beautiful piece of music to listen to. And um, I'm suggesting to you guys right now that if you are a fan of this group and you have not yet gotten into this project, please do so as soon as possible. So before I get out of here, I'm going to get into one more record. And, um, you know, I can go on, you know, as long as I would be able to about this album because I love it that much. But um, just for the time restraint, I'm going to get into one more song for you guys to listen to. And I'll be right back. Beat Goes On is the name of that record. And another one of my favorites of many on this album. And more so because I grew up a fan of early Neptune's productions, Chad Hugo and Pharrell Williams. And this record sounds like something that I could have heard on let's say Star Trek presents the clones or one of their earlier projects like In Search of. Now, Chad and Pharrell had nothing to do with this particular song. I'm just referencing them because it's reminiscent of a time that I grew up in. And again, just like internet fashion, it's very well blended in the different tones, keys, guitar riffs, the bass, and the vocals and the voice uh, cadences that are used on this particular song, and it's very well put together. I'm interested, you know, I'm in it for the longevity, I should say, when it comes to this group, because they continue to get better as time goes on. They have not disappointed me, even in the solo projects that they release from time to time. And again, if you are a fan of the internet, if you are a fan of Sid, if you are a fan of Matt Martians, and forgive me if I don't know the other members of the group, I'm sorry. But if you are a fan in general of their music, please go out and support this and uh, stream the album, purchase it, uh, whatever you're choosing. 
And um, yeah, I'm going to be listening to this throughout the course of the day um, because, you know, like I said, I'm attached to it this weekend. Okay, so with this being said, this concludes this week's episode, but I will be back here sooner than later with episode 10. And I thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening to my dry ass, um, just going on about nothing. (laughs) But uh, I do appreciate it. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the streams. We are going up. uh, Thanks to Apple and Spotify. I know I haven't shouted you guys out since uh, this show was ported over to you guys. But thank you again to Apple Podcasts and to Spotify. This is First Letter, First Word Podcast. As always, and I'm out.